Hello and welcome to Solutions. This is the sixth episode of our third series of podcasts for solution-focused hypnotherapists. And I'm Cathy Eland. And I'm Trevor Eddles, and we're both experienced solution-focused hypnotherapists. Today we're looking at self-hypnosis. So, Trevor, tell us what self-hypnosis is in a nutshell. Okay. Um, Self-hypnosis is a relaxation technique that enables individuals to access their subconscious mind, leading to positive changes in their lives. It's completely safe, and it's been in use for centuries, helping people to achieve their goals, overcome obstacles, and improve their well-being. Right. And I suppose that when people think of hypnosis, they usually picture someone lying on a couch being hypnotized and someone else perhaps sitting in a chair nearby hypnotizing them. And this is sometimes called heterohypnosis. But it doesn't have to be done this way. People can hypnotize themselves and probably do it all through the day without realizing it. Yes. Interestingly, Stephen Walinsky proposed that people live most, if not all, of their lives in various trance states. Mm. Walinsky suggested that deep trance phenomena, or DTP, Mm. are part of normal consciousness. His list of DTPs is um, age progression, imagining the future, or future pacing. Age regression, reliving past events. Disassociation, a feeling of being separate from parts of the body or emotions. Post-hypnotic suggestion, issuing instructions to be carried out later. Amnesia, forgetting an experience. Negative hallucination, not perceiving something that is actually there. Positive hallucination, perceiving something that isn't there. Confusion, a sense of bewilderment, often used to induce trance. Time distortion, a sense of time slowing down or speeding up. And sensory distortion, that's increasing or decreasing sensory awareness. With this model, it may be that hypnosis works by bringing people out of an unhelpful trance state, effectively unhypnotizing them, so they're no longer stuck with their problem. It does suggest that people are in a state of self-hypnosis more often than they realise. Yeah, and self-hypnosis allows a person to utilise self-suggestion or auto-suggestion. And in this way, they are both the hypnotherapist and the client. They can then focus on what they want to tell themselves. For example, Cooey's idea was to say, every day, in every way, I'm getting better and better. It could be something positive like that. Mm. And some people use recordings or videos to listen to as they relax and find that they have a positive effect on their thinking and behaviour. Yes, so self-hypnosis is a trance-like state induced by an individual in themselves. It is a self-directed and self-controlled state of deep relaxation that accesses a person's subconscious mind. This state is categorized by deep relaxation, heightened suggestibility and focused attention. This state is achieved by focusing the mind on a specific idea or image or suggestion. And this focus helps to bypass the critical conscious mind 
and access the subconscious mind, which is more receptive to positive suggestions and affirmations. Under self-hypnosis, a person is in full control of the thoughts, reactions and actions. Yeah, and self-hypnosis can be used to help with anxiety, asthma, depression, obesity, pain management, skin conditions and sleep disorders. It can also alleviate headaches, enhance problem solving, improve concentration and recall and improve a person's control of their emotions. By accessing the subconscious mind, self-hypnosis creates a positive mindset that enables an individual to make substantial changes to their life. Sounds good. So self-hypnosis is also said to help overcome fears and phobias and improve confidence by inducing a relaxed state and reprogramming the mind with positive suggestions. Self-hypnosis can help reduce the intensity of fear and increase confidence. It can help to improve self-confidence and self-esteem by reducing that negative self-talk and increasing positive self-beliefs. This can lead to better performance in various areas of life, such as work, relationships and personal growth. So, Trevor, how does self-hypnosis work? Okay, well, self-hypnosis works by inducing a state of deep relaxation. When a person is in a relaxed state, their mind is open to suggestions and they're more likely to be receptive to ideas that can help them to make positive changes in their life. By accessing their subconscious mind, self-hypnosis can help a person identify negative patterns of thinking and replace them with positive ones. This, in turn, can lead to improved behaviour and better decision-making. Yeah. And so uh, Wikipedia suggests that self-hypnosis uses four distinct steps. First one, motivation. An unmotivated person finds it's very difficult to practice self-hypnosis. Number two, relaxation. A person needs to be thoroughly relaxed, clearly have time set aside for the activity, and there shouldn't be any distractions, e.g. their phone should be on silent. Three, concentration. A person needs to concentrate. And number four, directing. A person must focus on visualising the desired result. A more practical way of looking at the steps involved in self-hypnosis include the following. Choosing a comfortable position. This can be either sitting or lying down in a quiet and private place and then relaxing. Breathing exercises, slow diaphragmatic breathing exercises are often used to help someone relax. A person can start by taking deep breaths in through the nose and slowly exhaling through their mouth. Inducing self-hypnosis. This is where a person closes their eyes and focuses their mind on their body. They might imagine a peaceful place, somewhere that makes them feel relaxed, like a beach, a forest, or anywhere they feel a sense of serenity. They can visualise themselves in that place, taking in the sights and sounds. Yeah. And affirmations. Once a person is fully relaxed, they can begin to repeat positive affirmations or mantras or suggestions to themselves. 
These affirmations might be pre-recorded or can be spoken aloud. For example, a person struggling with anxiety might give themselves a suggestion such as, I am calm and relaxed, or I'm in control of my thoughts and emotions. And then coming out of self-hypnosis, this involves slowly increasing body movement and returning to normality. A person starts by taking deep breaths and opening their eyes. Gradually, they can move their toes and fingers and then fully stretch their body. A person should take their time, allowing themselves to slowly return to their regular awareness. So how long should one practice self-hypnosis for? I mean, people can do it for as long as they like, depending on how comfortable they feel. However, some people suggest practicing it for 15 to 20 minutes each day. It just depends on the person. Okay, let's look in more detail at the techniques people can use in self-hypnosis because it can be practiced in various ways, depending on individual preferences and needs. Here are some of the most common techniques. So start with guided imagery. This involves creating mental images of relaxing scenes, such as the beach or a forest, and focusing on them while inducing a relaxed state. This technique can be enhanced with the use of audio recordings that guide the individual through the imagery process. Progressive muscle relaxation. This involves tensing and relaxing various muscle groups in the body while focusing on the sensations of relaxation. This technique can help reduce muscle tension and promote relaxation. Breathing exercises. This involves focusing on the breath and using slow, deep breathing to induce relaxation. This technique can help reduce anxiety and, as we said, promote relaxation. Self-taught, this involves using positive affirmations and suggestions to reprogram the mind with positive beliefs and attitudes. This technique can help improve self-confidence and self-esteem. And there's our old friend eye fixation. This involves focusing on a fixed point, such as a candle flame or a spot on the wall, while inducing a relaxed state. This technique can help induce trance-like states and promote relaxation. And while it's easy to learn how to do self-hypnosis, and as we said earlier, Walensky suggests that we're in trance most of the time anyway, there are books and YouTube videos explaining how to do it. There are also apps and audio recordings available online that can guide a person through self-hypnosis sessions. So, in conclusion then, self-hypnosis is a powerful tool that can help people make positive changes in their lives. It can be used for managing physical and mental health. Through self-hypnosis, individuals can access their subconscious mind and unlock their potential, leading to improved personal growth and development. Self-hypnosis is also a safe technique that has been shown to be effective for a variety of personal challenges. By using self-hypnosis, individuals can overcome their fears, challenge their habits and live a more fulfilling life. Practicing self-hypnosis is easy and can be a valuable addition to anyone's self-improvement routine. Certainly anyone struggling to make changes in their life should consider trying self-hypnosis to unlock their full potential. Well, interesting. And I hope that's given everyone some food for thought. 
And next time, we'll be looking at genetics and how it affects our work as hypnotherapists. That sounds great. So until then, it's goodbye from me, Cathy Eland. And it's goodbye from me, Trevor Eddles. We'll see you next time. Bye. Yeah. Bye.